When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kimball, and I got to tell you, it's a happy day in the kingdom after last night. Uh, we're recording here on, what is this, guys? Wednesday, March 23rd uh, for episode number 57, I think this is. Uh, we've come a long way, fellas, I got to tell you. Um, even though I felt terrible, I had to miss last week, and it was just gut-wrenching for me. Terrible, if you will. But anyways, <laughs> we're all back together, so... Got a lot to talk about, and let's get going on unwrapping this. But first, of course, the introductions. Um, uh, I'm going to, you know, just I'm going to come right out and say it. This guy is the admiral of hockeyroyalty.com. He leads the <laughs> fleet of writers and contributors, if you will. He is the one. He is the only. He's Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's going on, buddy? Dude, what is up, Scott? How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, stay up a little late to watch the game last night, but that's okay because it was well worth it. It was well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and uh our other co-host who i believe was there uh was just telling us about his drive from the uh staples center crypto.com arena whatever you want to call it nowadays uh he is of course everybody knows him he is the prince of pdo the count of Corsi, the emperor of all things analytics around here at hockey royalty he is mr russell morgan what's up buddy what's up scotty it's good to have you back yeah thanks i i you know like i said i missed you guys last week it was terrible I missed you too. And go to work. It was just awful. Don't stand. (laughs) (laughs) You are a a natural host, Scott. Uh, I I am very much not. I'm not sure about host. So, yeah, like I was telling you guys, we got a lot to unwrap. Before we get to that game last night, though, there was another big significant event that went down Monday, and that was the NHL trade deadline. Uh, A ton of trades were made. Not a lot by our LA Kings, however. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on what you thought the Kings did or didn't do at the trade deadline. So we'll start with you, Russ. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, I guess you could say, expected that the Kings weren't going to be too busy at the trade deadline. Um, you look at all the, I mean, with all the injuries going on and some of the pieces that the Kings already had, um, it seemed like Rob Blake was just willing to let the, or fill the pieces that were missing with uh, 
some of the young players that they had already in the system. So we've seen that happen with um, players like Jacob Moviari, Jordan Spence. I mean, just all the defensive injuries that have happened. We've seen um, some players step up and take uh, take those uh, roles and fill those roles actually really well for the Kings. So to see them just bring in um, just kind of a more of a depth piece to help out in terms of Troy Stetcher at the deadline, um, it was really not that expected. And it, it's been a – I would say that's a, that's a good thing for the Kings. Yeah, not bad, not bad. How about you, Ryan? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I noted in one of my recent articles that probably expect them to go out and get a depth defenseman. You know, I pegged a couple of guys like Justin Braun, who I think he went to the Rangers for a third-round pick. So um, they ended up going out and getting Alex Edler's former partner. So uh, I thought he looked great last night. So if Phil stabilized the right side, um, I guess in terms of the bigger moves – Maybe like the Ben Sherratt trade or the uh, the Claudio trade kind of set the mark for what Jacob Chikrin might, I guess, fetch at the deadline. Mm-hmm. I saw something out there that the Coyotes were looking for like three first round picks, and I was like, "Oh, this, this isn't happening," uh, yeah. at least right now. No, I mean, it, and that's just—I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I, I cannot believe some of the prices that were being paid. At the trade deadline, I thought it was just kind of absolutely ridiculous. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, <laughs> some of them. <laughs> just going to come around and say it. Uh, you know, I'm with you guys. I'm actually glad that the the Kings didn't go crazy and you know sell the farm, so to speak, to bring in uh, players that were obviously most of them were rentals. And like you guys said, with the market that was set, forget. It. And and you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about this until we're blue in the face until <laughs> June or July. Uh, but yeah, I saw that same thing about Chickering that all of a sudden the price the price tag went up and it's like, oh, oh, just great. Well, not now, folks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one of the teams that we kind of figured would be selling off everything in Montreal, they had a pretty nice haul of picks and uh, I think four AHL slash fringe NHL players uh, come over in that trade. So I thought they did very well for themselves to set them set themselves up going forward. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. What do you think, Russ? Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a good point. I thought Montreal did really well. Um, Anaheim did pretty well, too. Um, and then we'll see what happens with the Dadanoff trade. Sounds like it's getting <laughs> reversed. That's just a – I don't know. I'll just say it's shit show altogether. All yeah, but, it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy because if you look at all the teams that actually brought in new pieces, man – it seems like all the teams that really need, got they really got what they needed. I mean, you look at Boston; they needed a, a left shot defenseman. They got Hampus Lindholm. Um, you need, you look at Florida; they were just looking for a Claude Giroux. That just seemed like a, a marriage that was just going to happen sooner or later. And then they bring in Brent Sherratt. Colorado brought in Arturi Lekkinen and Andrew Cogliano to help out depth pieces and Josh Manson. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pittsburgh got Ricard, Ricard Raquel. So a lot of these teams who that really just needed to get better, really got better. And, I'm, man, I'm just ready for the playoffs to start because that Eastern Conference is just looking wild. <laughs> yeah, that Eastern Conference has been pretty much set since December as far as who's going to get in. Now it's just a matter of seeding. Uh, you know, you mentioned that the Dodonoff or how we want to pronounce it now. I mean, how does this happen with modern technology? Right? And did <laughs> Ottawa send that no trade list via carrier pigeon or what happened here? It's not cap friendly. I don't, I mean, <laughs> how do you turn around and say, well, we didn't know he had one? Come on. Yeah. Like, I know, I know GMs use cap friendly because I've seen in pictures before where they've had players come in, sign contracts with cap friendly in the background. So, yeah, they're pretty on it in terms of contracts. 
And just to hear that they did not know that he had a no trade clause was just like, oh, well, like it's like Vegas being Vegas again. I mean, it's I don't understand why any player would want to go sign with Vegas. They have shown absolutely no mm-hmm. loyalty to their players. You look what happens with Flurry. You look what happened. They've, they're willing to gamble it all to bring in Jack Eichel. That's not working right now and put players in LTIR because they're going to have to get rid of players sooner or later. So who knows what's going to happen there. And now with Dadenoff, it's just, it's just wild that Vegas just continues to show no loyalty, loyalty to its, to its players. But in the, the previous season, they've kind of cast off Nate Schmidt, right? To Vancouver to make yeah, him for and, Petrangelo. And he was a fan favorite on right. the team too. Well, not only that, to do all that, they have, completely depleted their prospect pool mm-hmm. it's a shame you know? <laughs> it really is. yeah yeah jerry shyfield it's just it's a shame gift for sure. yeah <laughs> but it's funny because you look at i mean they're going through all and it's it's affecting them because with all the injuries they have they have no depth and it's and it's kind of like a good comparison with the kings because the kings haven't done that and look at all the depth pieces that are able to come in and fill these roles and, and these injured spots that the Kings really desperately need. And it's really showing the true colors of the, the Golden Knights right now. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, we're going to talk about that Kings youth depth in just a second. I just want to kind of wrap this up by saying, in my opinion, I unless you are a, on the cusp contender, and I know this kind of sounds cliche, but I am not a huge fan of my team, you know, making these gigantic deals at the trade deadline. And I'll tell you why. Because you give up a ton to get a player that you could potentially only have for 20 games. And the trade deadline is set so late in the NHL season that that player that comes in, this big name that's supposed to put you, you know, take you to the promised land, only has about 15 games to get acclimated to his new team. And how many times have you seen it where teams go out and spend a fortune to bring a player in and it just doesn't work? Either they don't mesh with the team or the, the team falls flat on their face in the second round because they wrecked their team chemistry. So, well, it makes for a very interesting weekend. Uh, I, for one, am just not a gigantic fan of making the big trades. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, yeah. the Kings have had some success with that in the past, and Jeff Carter and Marion Gabrick and those kind of cases like that. But, yeah. uh, no, I definitely understand what you're saying. I mean, I wish it was more like the MLB trade deadline where it's kind of right in the middle of the season where you mm-hmm. get to have, have them for more than 18 games. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we saw it just last season. I think it was Matt Zuccarello who got traded to Minnesota, and then he got hurt, I think, yes. in the first game. So, yeah. And then Tyler Toffoli from the Kings to the Canucks, uh, I, I think he got hurt later on in the playoffs too. So, yeah, it's it's it seems like these prices for rentals are just going up and up. So, I mean, I get why Florida and te- why, why teams like Florida and Colorado did what they did because they're going for it, and they mm-hmm. should because, sure. I mean – you're waiting for that McKinnon deal to kick in. And if you're Colorado, you're waiting for that Barkoff deal to kick in if you're Florida. So they're pretty much like that NFL team that's on a QB rookie deal. They need to bring in as much as they can to really go for that Stanley Cup uh, championship now. Right. And it just seems like more and more in the NHL now, teams are like putting less and less stock in their draft picks. Whereas at one time, you know, you were almost in a panic mode if you didn't have a lot of draft picks going into a, a particular draft mm-hmm. but i see like on twitter there's there's a few things floating around about the probabilities of a player from round one playing in 100 or 200 nhl games and then you know going down the list to round two round three round four and yeah i mean that those percentages do decrease of course naturally but uh i, I think there's a fine line to walk between completely depleting your draft picks and getting those players that you need because you do have to have a balance but you know, like I said, if you're if you're going for it, like Colorado or Florida, 
you know what? You do what you got to do. That's, yep. that's all there is to it. So, anyways, now that we know that we uh, we really didn't make too many huge moves here at the trade deadline, I'll tell you what, though, guys. Last night, the Kings got a gigantic two points. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, that was more of a four-point game mm-hmm. than anything else because the Nashville Predators came to town, uh, having just come off playing the Anaheim Ducks the night before. Looked pretty good against the Ducks, but it was a completely different story against the Kings. The Kings came out flying. Yep. Um, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> By what went down last night? Yeah, I mean, I was too, I, and I didn't really expect, especially since the way that the Kings had played against Nashville the, the first couple of times earlier in the season. So, for them to really come out and just assert themselves um, in the first period, it was just something that we hadn't seen from the Kings all season, and they scored three goals in the first period for the first time all year. So yeah, it was something three different ways too. In three different ways. Yeah. <laughs> so for the much maligned uh, special teams too, that was just really a, a great sight to see. Um, if you're the Kings and you're just kind of hoping they would really carry it on and continue that play. And it was really just a full McClellan mentioned it after the, at the post game presser, it was a full 60 minutes from mm-hmm. the Kings and <clears throat> probably I would say maybe the best game they've played all season. Yeah, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, came out flying out of the gates. You know, impressive to see Kempe, Kaliev, and more get on the board like that. I will say, though, the second period, I was so nervous after Tomasino scored. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Preds, it felt like they just had the puck. And, they, guys, they were doing the drop pass in five-on-five and entering <laughs> the zone. Like, they, they could do whatever they want, cycling it. And keeping it in the zone, the Kings couldn't touch it. A um, couple of things, you know, going into the third period, Byfield scored to give them a 4-1 lead, and that just kind of seemed to relax the Kings, and they started getting back to how they were playing in the first period. And obviously they were able to get two more uh, with Kempe and then Byfield getting a second one. But, guys, how about the game that Rasmus Kapari put together last night? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know we're going to get to it, but I want to give him his moment right now. I have been wanting to see more from him, and we got it last night. He put together a complete 200-foot game. He was great on the forecheck. He was great entering the zone. He was great showing his speed and his physicality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, I, and I'll tell you something. You know, Going into that game last night, I was very nervous as soon as Nashville announced that David Riddich was starting because he's a backup goaltender. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> tonight, ah, the backup goaltender. But that did not seem to matter. Riddich did not look sharp, but, I mean, the Kings were just all over him, especially yeah. in that period. And, you know, who else played a great game was Blake Lazat. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Blake Lazat, by the way, on your contract yeah. extension. To your I mean, well-deserved. That, you know, it, it, that's the, the thing, like, right? Because, I mean, here the Kings are just loaded with all these prospects. And you got to love a guy like Blake Lazat, who, pardon my French, worked his ass off. Yes. To make the team and to stick with the team. And now he's being rewarded. And you know what? We were just talking about the Vegas Golden Knights not showing loyalty to their players. Well, maybe they ought to take a lesson because I think Rob Blake and the L.A. Kings did the right thing and kept him around because the guy deserves it, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. It's like I follow last year at the trade deadline. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, some of that, that depth that we were talking about, full display. Sean Dursey has just been amazing. 
think about where this team would be without Sean Dersey right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, sure. it's incredible. It, yeah. It really I think, I think we got to talk about, I mean, yeah, it was a six, six, one win, but I think like you mentioned, Ryan, that second period, the predators were really pressing throughout the whole period. really, mm-hmm. And I think the most impressive part about the game was the, the way that the defense was really able to step up and kind of limit a lot of the really high danger scoring chances for the Predators. You look at plays like Jacob Oviari and Jordan Spence and Sean Dersey. Those players are really playing strong defensive games, keeping everything to the outside. Jordan Spence had a really nice poke check off a, a player on Predators stick. Moviari was sticking with Philip Forsberg down in the corners. I mean, that's just... For players that really aren't weren't expected at all to come in this season and play mm-hmm. that type of strong, strong defensive game early this early in their careers in the NHL, it's just it's just so impressive and it's just awesome to see if you're a Kings fan to see those young prospects step up and uh, make an impact right now. It is. It, it's it's a wonderful thing to see. I mean, and again, you know, a little bit nervous going into last night. Not gonna lie, seeing. I mean, you had what Mata uh, Moviari. Troy uh, Stetcher is playing his first game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously no Drew Dowdy. We'll, and we'll get to the injuries, of course. But it was wholeheartening, just heartwarming to see the de- the defense step up. And not against some bottom-dwelling team either. The Nashville Predators are a, da- a darn good team. Mm-hmm. They really are. Yeah, they they're kind of buried in that central division. It's just kind of stacked. But, yeah, just, they're a very, very good team. Um <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, also there was also the added pressure of the other two games that were going on at the same time. Like Vegas was wrapping up. It, granted, it was a four nothing game at the end, but then Edmonton was back and forth in Dallas with Dallas ultimately prevailing, and the Kings were able to extend it from a one point to a three point lead in the standings. So, I mean, we may come back here at the end of the season and look at this win as like, okay, this kind of solidified their playoff spot. Yeah, absolutely. At least, and- at least second place. You know, they. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I, I agree. And, I mean, I was pretty shocked to see that the Sharks beat the Flames. It was very weird rooting for the Sharks, though. <laughs> it really was. Kind of, I feel like I was doing something filthy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, guys, you know what we want to talk about? We want to talk about that kid line because, mm-hmm. I mean, they have just been absolutely incredible together now. Uh, they kind of they, they seem to bring a new life to the team. Uh, you think this is going to last? I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting once players start getting healthy. But right now, I think you just got to keep them together. I mean, the Kings have been looking for a third line to look uh, look toward in terms of bringing in some offensive production or any sort of momentum. Because you, when the Kings were fully healthy, you had that first line when Kobitar, Ayafalo, and Kempi were rolling. You had the Denault, the nice line. Um, They were rolling too. And the third line was just kind of an abyss, really. There was Mm -hmm. really nothing coming from it. And now that we're starting to see Byfield, Kapari, and Velarde play together and play really well together, um, I mean, it's just been incredible, really. Uh, we're really starting to see how Byfield can excel with some skill on his wing. And when and when you see Velarde and Kapari make the plays you can in Byfield, it's just, man, the future, <laughs> we mentioned it time and time again, the future looks just great um, for L.A. It does. And boy, what a shot by Arthur Kelly of last night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the arty party in full effect. And you know, Ryan, you and I were talking, you know, during a couple of games ago too. I actually think the second power play unit looks better than the first. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost they're almost flip flopped right now. Mm-hmm. It is. So. It, it's it's incredible. But you know what? That's what you that's what happens. You, you you put those kids together, they've been playing together down in Ontario, let them rip. 
Well, they're skill players. There's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like you put you bring up a player like Jordan Spence. He's an offensive defenseman. This is what he does. Bring up a player like Gabe Velarde. He's a skill guy. If you give him space, he's able to find the right guy and make a play. And Quentin Byfield, Ryan, you've been hammering for Byfield to get power play time for for a couple months now. I mean, it's finally happening. And look yeah. what's happening with the power play. That was a perfect example of it last night. So you finally get that skill that the Kings have been missing on the man advantage. And it's starting to pay dividends for the team. And and that's why you have to have players like Velarde, Byfield, or Kapari on the team and going down toward the playoffs because you have to have those skill guys to help with the special teams. No doubt about it. You know, and, it, and I tell you, it, it's – I don't want to say it's a shame because the Kings are doing so well this year, but it's too bad that they couldn't have figured out a way to get those guys up to the NHL sooner to see this – starting to develop and and again now i don't know if this is a byproduct of maybe they did leave in the ahl for the right amount of time to get their their feet under and get their confidence what have you but man could you imagine if we had this earlier in the season yeah i mean i will say right now i hate i hate putting pressure on players that are that young but you know i said in my pregame article yesterday like i need to see more out of the first line (laughs) we got that last night yeah. I need to see more out of the third line. They're just kind of there right now. They're very they look very good on the ice, but there's not they're not hitting the score sheet. We got that <laughs> too. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should uh start making some trade predictions here. There you <laughs> <See> go. <laughs> Ryan's predicting the Philip Forsberg deal to LA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it, it's kind of hard to say because I mean we of course, we never want to see injuries happen with any players. No. But maybe this is the benefit of the injuries because these these kids are kind of just thrust into these positions where, I mean, they probably wouldn't have been, say, everybody was fully healthy. You had Dustin Brown playing on the wing with uh, Byfield and you had Athanasiu. But now that those players are injured, they kind of have to be forced into that position. So really, they're kind of just playing a really – there's not a lot of pressure on them. I mean, you're there because you're that's just – there's no one else to fill right now. So there's really no pressure. They're not being brought up because, hey, we're, we want to see if you've been able to develop your game in the AHL. No, we, you're brought up because we need you to play in the NHL because we have no other bodies. And I think you're starting to see that freedom and that kind of calm um, being played and being displayed from players like Kupari and Velarde because they're playing like the, the players that we saw earlier in the season of Velarde from 2020 year. Uh, and so I think that's kind of helped um, player like Erasmus Kupari, who maybe was maybe gripping a stick a little too much um, earlier in the season, maybe kind of forcing plays when he wasn't really producing. And last night was just a perfect example of what we've seen, um, what we can see from Rasmus Kupari when he plays on the wing and plays that free um, type of game using his speed all over the ice. It was just great. Yeah, and you're seeing why the Kings took him in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, Absolutely. And, you know, as impressive as the forwards have been, we knew that they were that good, right? We knew that. Like I said, like I told you guys before, I am just beyond impressed with – I'm going to tell you honestly, I knew the Kings had decent depth on defense in the the minors. I didn't think it was this good. Yeah. And it really is. And there's just more coming. That's the thing. More coming, yeah. (laughs) Most of it along the right side, but yes. It's kind of like you're playing a slot machine and you think you hit like 10 tokens and all of a sudden the whole machine empties at you, right? <laughs> and maybe the Kings could just play with 10 defensemen in the next couple of years and <laughs> feel the lineup that way. Yeah, but I did like how they kind of set the, the kid lineup to have Edler and uh, Stetcher kind of 
backing them along the blue line. They're like, okay, you guys go ahead, push the pace. We'll take care of uh, the defensive zone mm-hmm. back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just another game where just Alex Edler's just not noticeable in the, all the right yes, ways. I mean, absolutely. we're seeing Edler come in and be Alex Edler that we saw in, earlier in the season, which is great because he was excellent earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And now that we're able to see him come back from injury, which I mean, some of us thought maybe that was a career ender because with how bad it looked. And yeah. now that he's been able to come back and be the Alex Edler from the, from earlier in the year, it's been great for the Kings. Guys, let me ask you this just real quick. Would you guys entertain bringing him back on a one-year deal? Absolutely. I would. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I mean, because if you, you look at what the team's going to have probably next season, if you have players like Brant Clark playing, you're going to have a lot of young, still a lot of youth on the team. I mean, Alex Edler brings a veteran presence to the left side that the Kings don't have and probably won't have in the next couple of years. So maybe you bring him back for another one, maybe two-year deal, and just to have that calm veteran presence because he's still playing good hockey. He so is, and you're, they're going to lose Mata off the books. He's playing, been playing really well right now. So you can kind of transfer that salary to him, mm-hmm. so to speak. I mean, what do you think, Scott? Well, I, I like bringing him back as a 6'7". I don't like bringing him back at $3 million a year. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, I mean, yeah, he's, he was great in the beginning of the season, and he's been a, a steadying force since he's come back. Uh, but he's got to be willing to take like a one or two million dollar deal. I don't think three or three and a half. It's actually three and a half million. I think he's making. Yeah, three and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I'm not signing the check, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but no, I just. Think I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, the salary cap goes up by a million next year. So right, mm-hmm. but if they're going to make a run at like a Philip Forsberg. So they're going to need all the cap space. Sure. No, I get that. I would not be comfortable having them tie up three, another three and a half million dollars in what could potentially be a six, seven scenario. But I will say this in in a strange kind of way, that injuries actually kind of worked out because as great as he was in the beginning of the season, the fear was, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. (laughs) Does he have enough left in the tank to play a full 82 game schedule plus a few rounds in the playoffs? Hopefully. And uh, (laughs) you know what? That, what was he out? Like two or three months, right? Yeah, he was out quite a while. Yeah. So there you go. There's the built-in rest that you needed. I mean, it's terrible for him to have to go through that to get that rest, but silver lining on every cloud, right? And now we're down to less than 20 games left to go in the season. Looking at the playoffs, it's going to be like he's just starting all, all over again at the beginning of the season. So Yeah, you older guys need your rest, don't you, Scott? Oh, you ain't kidding, man. I'm taking a nap right after this, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and and that's kind of – of course, we, I'll mention again, we don't want to see injuries, but that's kind of another benefit we're seeing right now for the Kings. Maybe these injuries to players like Edler, Dustin Brown, Andreas Athanasiu, who have a lot of – especially Dustin Brown, who have a lot of uh, years underneath their belt – Maybe this kind of break before we get to the playoffs is kind of helping. I mean, could you imagine a fully healthy, just resurgent Dustin Brown ready for the playoffs? I mean, what other player better fitted on the Kings right now would be better suited for the playoff type, playoff type game? I mean, Dustin Brown, thats he's been there before. He knows that type of game to play. So if you can have him coming in fully healthy um, come playoff time, Man, that's just going to be a great piece to have for the Kings. It's just going to, and it, it'll be hard to see, but it'll be hard to see where to play him um, with the team. And yeah. hopefully they can tread water until then. What would you think about a, a Brown Lazat Lemieux line? That could be tough to play against. Did they try that already this year? I don't think they have, but the only thing is, is like, we're, we'll talk about the injuries, but I'm sure when players start coming back. But now you have Kaliev playing with Deneau and more. 
I'm sure he'll probably go back to the fourth line yeah. when that's over. Once Arvidsson yeah. comes back, man, it's I don't know. It's wow. I I I want to say I love I I love what I'm seeing from Gabe Velarde right now, but I don't see him being on the team come playoff time. I think I see maybe Kaliev slotting into that position, and then maybe you have and then you can slot. Um, Dustin Brown to the fourth line with uh, Lazat and Lemieux, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when the players come fully healthy with all the player with the way that the Kings are playing right now. Uh, Jack, by memory, was he papered back down to Ontario to be eligible for the uh, Calder Cup playoffs? Yeah, Pilardi? Pilardi? yeah I know Byfield was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kapari and Spence. Mm-hmm. Okay, rounded out the four. Again, it's that whole getting old thing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of getting old, let's take a break, guys. We're going to take a commercial break. Uh, We're going to have a quick word from our friends at DraftKings, and then we'll come back up for uh, part two of the Hockey Royalty Podcast. We'll see you in a few seconds. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over only. Restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 backslash visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-877-770-STOP-7867 in Louisiana. 877-8-HOPE-NY backslash text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Again, you must be 21 or over, older to enter. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See http backslash draftkings.com backslash sportsbook for details. And we're back. That that break just recharged me. I, I took like a nap. A now. Yep. I took a nap, Scott. <laughs> just a little one. <laughs> Trust me, Ryan. When you get to be my age, you'll figure out how to get those naps in. <laughs> All right. So, guys, like we were talking about with the, the Nashville game, it really helped the, the Kings in the standings because 
with the Kings winning, uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas all lost. Uh, so they're solidly in second place. Well, they got a good grip. Let's put it that way with Edmonton losing. Um, Calgary is going to be kind of a tough catch. Uh, I know they lost the Sharks last night, but they're, they're playing lights out hockey right now. So is it pretty much going to be a set in stone that we're going to be there in second or third? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the only way to catch Calgary is to beat them head to head, right? Yeah. I mean, they're six points ahead. Uh, they have two games in hand, mind you. But yeah, I mean, they're they're just a better team, and that's no offense to the Kings. They just they, they're better at this point. Um, that's all I really want to say. Like Forrest, Forrest Gump. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> well, come on. You're not going to tell us it's like a box of chocolate. There you. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, it's just this Vegas free fall has just been yeah absolutely uh, incredible to watch. I mean, it's, I think they what? They've lost eight straight on the road. Yes, eight it's, straight on the road, and they lost. They got shut out on back-to-back nights. Yes. There's a uh, – there's a, a petition out there to fire Peter DeBoer. Did you guys see that? No, it's like on chain, change.org or something like that or whatever no that is. Way. They should really yeah. fire the GM. I mean, because he's making moves. I mean, I never, I'm going to go back to the Jack Eichel trade because I never understood it from a Vegas point of view. You had a legit team already. You didn't, I get the whole, hey, you need a number one center. I get that. They already had a legit team. They didn't need another superstar to add to the piece. Look, they just brought in Petrangelo. Like, what, last season? Yeah. For, like, what, $7, $8 million? They have some good pieces to bring in. So when you add a $10 million contract, and now you're going to have to ship out maybe a player like a Riley Smith or an Alec Martinez, players that have been really strong for the team the last couple seasons – Man, you're starting to see the results of what's happening. And if you're a Kings fan, you just have to sit back and laugh and eat your popcorn because it's just been good <laughs> to see. But so for Vegas, I mean, I think it's a real possibility that they're going to lo- miss the playoffs. Um, so I think if for, from a Kings standpoint, you really have to look at probably the second or third seed in, in the Pacific Division. Uh, and it'll, it'll really determine how they play or how the Oilers play down the line. And right. For the Oilers not to really pick up, I mean, I, I know they got Brett Kulak for a second round pick. I don't think that's going to be huge or make a, a huge impact on the team. They still have really questions in goaltending right now down there. So, I mean, if the Kings can just really tread water and get maybe 95, 97, get to the 95, 97 point total at the end of the year, I think there's a real possibility that we can be looking at game one of the playoffs being at crypto.coms come to the, uh, what is it, April, June? Or probably yeah. April, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. And Russ, I mean, staying on the win percentage, I, I saw this morning that the Kings have to finish like a, a 44.1 win percentage the rest of the way to finish with 93 points. Um, but I wanted to touch on this quickly from our cap friendly, staying on Vegas. So if they wanted to activate Alec Martinez, they would have to clear just under $5 million. The, <laughs> To activate Mark Stone, they'd have to clear uh, just about nine point one million. Hmm. So I mean, is who's going on waivers, right? Dude, exactly. Is, is nine... Montreal going to get Riley Smith for free? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and there's and the way that Tampa Bay did, they did their cap circumvention. I, w- I would say, I guess they did it right. 
with the whole Kucherov thing the last couple of years. But now, I'm sure everybody in the NHL, especially, is going to be looking at Vegas and being like, "Okay, you guys put your yourselves in this position." Yeah, there is like you can't just like say players are healthy to put them on LTIR to activate Mark Stone because you're seeing the type of impact that Mark Stone has on this team. And he was really the person, the player who really carried this team. So I'm sure they're going to want him in the lineup, but there's really no way that they're going to be able to activate him right now, looking at their salary cap. So it's just going to be, it's just really a circus really that's going on right now in Vegas. So has it been officially ruled that that, uh, the Dodonoff trade has been avoided? I think it's under review in the NHLPA right now. But it's I don't, trend, yeah, it's I don't think it's official. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it sounds like he had a no trade clause yeah. available. And for Vegas or Ottawa, whoever, to not know about that is just totally wild. It's just insane. Oh, it I also kind of find it funny that, you know, they're not like Dodonov isn't like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I'll go to Anaheim. He's like, no, I'm not going to Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, exactly. I'm on a team that's doing well. You want to ship to a team that's rebuilding? Like, I get, yes, Orange County is great, but like, dude, like, you're just kind of, and that's this is back, going back to showing no loyalty to its players. Yeah. And maybe at least talk to the guy before you do it. Then they might have had an idea, say, oh, yeah, by the way, I have a no trade clause. And Anaheim's on that list, guys. So you might want to think about this. But well, if you go if you go back to Flurry, they're not really known for talking to their players no, before making any moves. Yeah. So. Not at all. You Do we know who else is on that list? The other nine teams? No. Oh no, I don't think they shared it. Oh, okay. But you know, we know what I understand about that whole thing. I don't mean to keep rehashing this, but I don't understand. It almost seemed like Anaheim was helping them out. Yeah, that's oh, the yeah. thing. I would not. Yeah, I would not help really, them out they didn't really unless get I'm getting anything. like significant draft capital for. Uh, a player that I can't use the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, well, I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, dude, this seems like almost like Anaheim and Vegas, or an, like an Anaheim slight to the Kings because they're really, yeah, they're helping Vegas right now. Yeah, and for them to trade Ryan Kessler's contract yeah. to bring in Dadenoff just to, just so that Vegas can put him on LTR and clear space, mm-hmm. man, yeah, Anaheim, thanks, Anaheim, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll remember that. Yeah, <laughs> but just to put things in perspective, uh, Calgary has 84 points. They're leading the, the division. The Kings have 78 with 65 games played. Uh, Edmonton's at 75 points with 64 games played. And you know what's nice about that is remember that gap that Edmonton had with those games in hand. Yeah, now that's closing up, right? Mm-hmm. And just so everybody kind of understands what's going on here, the wild card spots are occupied by Nashville and Dallas. They have 78 and 73 points. Vegas is at 72 points with 66 games played. Now, in the Pacific Division, you have Vancouver behind them with 68 points with 64 games played. So that was kind of – and you guys bought bought what I was putting out there perfectly with the conversation. That's what I mean. I, I think the, the second or the third spot is the Kings for the taking at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. it, will, it will knock on wood. Everybody finds something. Knock on wood. It'll take a collapse, right? <laughs> but I mean, that's the way Vegas is playing right now. I I kind of starting to really believe that you're going to see uh, the Kings and the Oilers in in a first round matchup. And that's going to be a fun series because I'm going to tell you something right now. You know who is actually built to play the Oilers, especially in a playoff series, is the Kings. Okay, yep. so you you have McDavid, you have Drysaddle over there. Yeah, absolutely, fantastic players. What do the Kings have? Kopitar and Deneau, two of the best defensive centers in the entire league. So 
it's going to be a fun series should it happen. I mean, like I said, I'm not counting my chickens here. I'm not doing it. So just everybody knows. I don't want to hear it you know, later on down the road. Scott, it's your fault. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's starting to shape up pretty good. Um, but that, that wild card battle is going to be pretty interesting as well because, you know, Winnipeg all of a sudden seems to be coming on. I was just going to say you got to watch out for Winnipeg, potentially leapfrog in Vegas. They're really hot right now. Yeah, yeah they're, they're ahead of them in point percentage right now, too. That's the funniest yeah. part. So, boy, could you imagine that, too? <laughs> <laughs> Vegas yeah, is going to be in that, the biggest in the draft lottery would be hilarious. Well, I think that that first round pick that they traded in the Eichel trade is uh, is lottery protected, isn't it? Oh, I'm not uh, sure. I'd have but to look it up. I, I would, well, I would and if laugh. that's the case, then 2023 is an automatic they give up that pick. And could you imagine the same thing happens next year? Oh. I'm going to look it up, but I'm, I would laugh my ass off if that lottery <laughs> won, was the number one pick and Vegas traded it to Buffalo. <laughs> that would just be cherry on top of the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, but in the meantime, there's uh, there was some injury news as well coming out, uh, out of the Kings. So it looks like we're going to get a few players back pretty soon. Others, not so soon. So what do you guys want to start with, the good news or the bad news? Still the good news. Um, it's obviously Victor Arvidsson and Tobias Bjorn put potentially back at the end of this week, it sounds like. And then uh, it sounds like Brennan Lemieux is back next week, at least expected to be. So, yeah, I mean, it goes back to that whole roster shakeup and what's going to happen to the, to the forward lines and the defensive pairings. Right, right. And then, you know, I mean – that's it's just it. Where do you put Arby when he comes back? I think you got to put him like we said. Yeah, earlier. back on the fourth line with uh, Lazat and Lemieux are probably. No, no, no I'm talking Arvidsson. Arby. Oh, Arvidsson. Yeah, uh, goes back on the Mad Line, second line. I think you would have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to. You know. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think if if I mean we saw how the team was playing when they were fully healthy at, earlier <clears throat> in 2022. I mean, you have to put the players where back where they were at. And I think we were we were kind of just hoping to see Kopitar, Kempi, and I follow get back to the type of the game that they were playing earlier in the year. And now, hopefully, these last couple games, I, I know Kempi has two empty netters, but he has three goals in the last three games. So hopefully we can kind of get him going. And I follow finally got on the score sheet last night, too. So if we can get those three going and have that line producing, once Arvidsson comes back with the with the mad, nice, what damn line, whatever you guys want to call it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you have great, and then you have Byfield. Hopefully you have Kapari playing well. Maybe you have Kaliev on the line instead of Velarde. Who knows, flip-flop them out. And then um, you have Dustin Brown, a healthy Dustin Brown, fully rested, coming back toward the end of the, the season, ready for the playoffs to play with uh, Lemieux and Lazat. I mean, that's a really good energy-tight fourth line to have going into some important games. Oh, no doubt about it. And by the way, if if anybody's going to watch this on the YouTube channel, I had to put my glasses on because the print is so small on my phone for that NHL standings. I couldn't see it. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> what, I mean, what what will really be interesting to see is what they do on the blue line. Yeah. Because yeah. right now, Jordan Spence is looking absolutely amazing right now on in, on defense because he's he's playing he's playing strong team 
for his stature and the type of game that he brings, for him to be um, strong defensively in his own zone has been has been great because that was something I wasn't really expecting. I was expecting him really to get kind of pushed around a little bit, but he's playing tough in the corners. He's playing tough in front of the net, and he's making some strong first outlet passes out of his own zone too, as well as bring, being a uh, force on the power play for the Kings. So mm-hmm. they're going to have some decisions to make on defense because right now Jordan Spence and, and other players like Moviari too are playing really well. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just touched on his name, but Moviari and Strand were not part of the four or were not sent down uh, before the deadline, the, the AHL playoff eligibility deadline that is on Monday. Um, I guess that kind of leads me to believe that the Kings expect maybe Dowdy and Mikey Anderson to miss potentially most of the rest of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a big blow, obviously. I mean, Hopefully Dowdy can be back. I, actually, I'm expecting the Kings sooner soon maybe to announce some sort of surgery or operation for Dowdy because it just seems like at this point, if your hand, if he's not able to use his hand, it's it's got to be more than just maybe like a hand sprain or something like that. There's got to be something more going on there, maybe right. something muscular. I'm just kind of speculating. Yeah. But, yeah, so for them to keep Strand and Moviari up with the team, you're kind of expecting it, and hopefully – those players, like we've mentioned, Sean Dursey and Jordan Spence, can continue this strong play and carry the team toward the end of the season, and hopefully, until those players are healthy, be ready for the playoffs. Right, right. No, I think that's a very, very valid point. Um, I mean, that. But you know, here's the thing, though. We've already talked about it. They're they're, they're doing okay. They're doing okay mm-hmm. without them. I mean, just gotta at this point, really gotta tread water. Hundred uh, percent. Speaking of that water, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's take a look at the schedule ahead, shall we? So mm-hmm. this Thursday, we got the Chicago Blackhawks coming to town, who, just like the Nashville Predators, will be coming off a back-and-back against the Anaheim Ducks. Yes, they will. <laughs> so we'll see and, what happens there. Uh, which, and, and, you know, you don't know what kind of go- who you're going to have in goal for the I was just going to say that, Scott. I mean, I, I noted it to you guys before we hopped on, but, you know, I was kind of looking at the schedule, and I was like, it's going to be really interesting to see who Chicago puts in the, the second leg of that back-to-back uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Thursday, whenever you guys listen to this. Because um, obviously Fleury's not there. He's with the Wild now. Right. I think uh, they still have Kevin Lankin in. I and then uh, I believe they call, recalled uh, Colin Delia from Rockford. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know the – I mean, with the Kings, they're set up really well. I mean, you look at their schedule. You have three games against Chicago. You have three games against Seattle. And you have two games against Anaheim. All teams that really sold at the deadline, especially Anaheim, who sold off Manson, Ricard, Kell, and Hampus Lindholm. So you have to take advantage of the schedule that you have. And I think that's really beneficial for the Kings because they're really, I think they're only playing six of their last uh, remaining games are against playoff teams. So if the Kings can, like you mentioned, Scott, if the Kings can tread water and play maybe just above 500 hockey, like I said, I think you're looking at possibly game one being at crypto.com arena. Well, here's the thing, though, guys. So it's it's relatively knock on wood again easy for the next few games. You got Seattle coming to town Saturday. And I'm looking ahead, and they stay right in town for another game on Monday. Mm-hmm. But there is a ten game stretch come or a ten day sorry stretch after that where it's going to get a little hairy, and it's actually going to kind of put a clarity on the playoff mm-hmm. race, right? Yeah. Because then they go to Edmonton the next night. They go to Calgary. That's going to be a brutal back to back. Yeah. And then they go to Winnipeg, who Winnipeg has been playing really good hockey as of late. Uh, let's see. Then they come back home for Calgary. And I believe, yeah, they're home for Edmonton. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, that's they a, got Minnesota. So that's a tough stretch of six games for sure. It's probably the biggest stretch of the season to end the year. I mean, right. You look at that Alberta trip going back to back. It's back to back here, Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah. 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 Oof. That's that's tough. So hopefully maybe you can grab maybe just go three on three on those six yeah. games. If you can get half of those points, I'm fine with that. They yeah. should be. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much got to win these next three: Chicago, Seattle, Seattle, and then kind of just maybe hopefully split. But I mean, the the Kings did split Edmonton, Vancouver back in December. Those were both on the road. They won five to one in Edmonton and uh, lost four nothing in Vancouver, which I believe was oh. Bruce Boudreaux's coaching debut for them. Yeah, well. So, yeah, I mean, if they can kind of just, after these three games, go about 500 or so uh, yeah. all the way to the next Chicago game, which I'll be at, by the way, guys. Hey, all yeah. right. <laughs> Finally. Like reporting. Love been, it. I've been looking for, forward to this game, April 12th, and just hoping that the Kings are still in the playoffs. Now I want to see players. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the interesting part is after that Chicago game, they only play the only other playoff team they have left is Calgary. Or I'm sorry, Colorado. Yes, you play Colorado, and then everybody else they play is not in a playoff spot right now. Mm-hmm. So, like I, you know, like I keep saying, it's it's theirs for the taking. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't care. I don't care about the injuries. I, I I got all the confidence in the world in this team right now. Yeah, they just they're in the driver's seat. All they gotta do, and McClellan's mentioned it a couple times, just take care of yourself and get and the Kings will be good to go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well guys, this was fun. This you was know, fun. We, we mm-hmm. should do this more often. <laughs> Maybe like <laughs> once a week, let's say. Yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> uh before we go, we just wanna say hi to our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network and of course also at DraftKings. And we also want to thank you, the listener, for all the support you give mm-hmm. us between the podcast, the website, our socials, everything. We could not do this without you. So thank you so much for, for listening and for all the support. All right. So that's all we got for this time. For Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, and go Kings go. Go Kings go.